It's time to raise the roof for our 100th episode. That is right, folks. We have reached 100 episodes here on Raise the Roof. I don't know how we've done it. Um, Thank you guys so much for helping support us during this time. Uh, The fact that we've gotten to 100 is kind of wild. Uh, Everyone's here. The uh, the gang's all here. Me, Gibby, Bree, and Evan, we're all here. Uh, Just think about the character development we've been through. guess we're a tv show now um (laughs) it like this is kind of wild that we've hit 100 i know i I mean i don't know it just seems crazy yeah it's been like how how long i don't know since since, i mean the first episode we did was was the night of the brasso incident august 2nd like july or august no i think it was like late it was like the first day in september it was a day in in 20 it was was a day So it's been, I mean, it's probably been close to a year and a half. That, yeah, it's been very been nice it. having something. It had It was very nice having something to do during the pandemic that wasn't just school, you know? Yeah. And it actually grew into, like, I don't know, like a, a sizable audience. So, I mean, that that's that's good. I like that. We're still growing. I know Bree came on later. So, Bree, you haven't no, been on Brie, for the full 100, but. I think our episode just got better when Bree came. So. <laughs> Oh, that, that that was the development. <laughs> oh shucks. Oh shucks. But uh yeah, so how like like what's everyone's thoughts about the fact that we've I mean like I mean that we've hit this milestone. It's just it's crazy, it's wild. Absolutely. <laughs> is that it one word? <laughs> it, is, it is kind of remarkable though. I mean, I feel like not a lot of like startup podcasts even get to fifty episodes, let alone yeah, exactly a hundred. Because people I feel like most people they probably start their podcast and it's gonna be not, not like not a big podcast just like really fun and stuff but it burns out i think and i'm glad it hasn't done that for us um at all honestly i don't i, I don't find that for myself at all i don't know but i don't i assume not from you guys either but um yeah it's been really fun and to another 100 episodes hopefully many more than 100 Bree. uh many more and many more Bree. uh how are you feeling about the fact that we, again i know that you came on a little bit later but uh what are your yeah, thoughts this is only like episode like what 60 for me maybe <laughs> i don't know specifically but i, don't, I guess I don't that's kind of close those are, sure. those are some well, uh, happy 60th boy. to me <laughs> we'll go with that. but yeah i don't know it's been a lot of fun um some of the guests that we've gotten the opportunity to talk to and the connections we've been able to make in the community is really really cool absolutely i mean yeah we've had on I mean, what like uh i mean we've had on jason stark we've had on tim yeah. kirchner both of whom are bbwaa career excellence award winners both uh enshrined or have their names uh in cooperstown forever fun. so that's that's really so cool that's good family barbecue yeah jake and jordan fantastic people um mike's and you is good mike's and is very good no, i mean uh, that was like the best um, moment of the pod that's good we uh neil, neil solons yeah neil came on steve came on Lorenzo from We Got Ice. Um, hopefully, we'll have them on in the future. Stay tuned for that. Um, and hopefully, Jack can come on too. So um, that that would be awesome. I'm trying to think of other people that we've had on. Uh, Lindsay um, Adler. Um, wait, Bree. Adam Mary. Yeah, Adam came on. Is he is he back? Is like is he? I I, I remember his Twitter. He's account still writing. Dark. Okay. He's st- yeah, he's still writing. He's he hasn't really done much. Um, social media stuff but i mean his work on MLB. if you guys haven't read his work on maybe on mlb.com it's fantastic he's fantastic at what he does and you guys should definitely read his stuff uh, i'm trying to think of who else uh 
my God, names, names, names. Were, um, I mean, all the guys at D-Rays Bay, yeah. Danny, Brett, um, Dar- Darby, Brian. Um, I know that there's other people that are missing. Jared. Uh, Andrea. And, yeah. Andrea, who's now working for the freaking Yankees, which is crazy. Wild. Yeah. Also unfortunate that she's working for the Yankees. But I mean, hey. Congratulations. Unfortunate. Just, just <laughs> unfortunate vibe but standpoint, really cool. but fortunate for your vibe standpoint. Yes. We she's, salute you. She's the we first had... future GM we've had on the podcast. Exactly. Ooh, for the race GM at race. any GM. Who knows? Any GM. It can be, but she could be it the can, race it GM. Can be any GM. We had uh and we had Laura on from the Toronto yeah, store. I remember his that first cool. name Shane. Uh the oh, oh Shane Shane Sasaki. Yeah. Who actually had a pretty good season in the um uh, in the FCL this year? Um, he's twenty now, so hopefully he'll work his way up the uh, minor league ranks. I'm trying to think of who else we've had on. I mean, all the people within our um, Raise the Roof team. So Elijah, Taylor, Bree, of course, um, Amita, Aiden. Missing other people off the top of my head right now. I really hope Shane Suzaki, by the way, comes up and actually becomes high octane Shane, like what I, what <laughs> that would be what cool. I coined. That would be really I cool. Rem- I remember that. Wow. Yeah, he other. hit 290 this past year. It's pretty good. Damn. I'm missing other people. Watch out, Kevin. Is there anyone else that I'm missing? Probably. We've had like everyone on. Yeah, I mean, we've done 100 of these, so we've gotten a lot of people on. And we still have a lot more pe- people to come, so stay tuned yeah, the for that. The episode me. was crazy. What? I said the yay episode was crazy. What what yay episode? The one that's coming up next. Oh. Oh man. Sure. (laughs) Bro, I don't even know. But I mean I I didn't I didn't catch that either, Alex. It's fine. I I, I'm not gonna even try to figure it out, but it's what's it's it's whatever. But yeah. I mean Oh, we we forgot Steve Carney. I said Steve. Oh, okay, Bree, Bree said we had we've had everyone on, so I just named the biggest celebrity. Yeah. Good. Oh, wait, did you say Kanye? That's uh, what it is. Yay. He's yay now. Oh, <laughs> you don't know? No, I know. It's up. just it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, he's he yay. Does, he does what him. Do I'm, we're definitely not getting Kanye or yay. However, he wants Ever. to address himself. Yeah, he'll never like. Why? I, uh, I, mean, I don't even know hey, if he's a sports fan. Oh. What if he buys the race? I, I couldn't. I guarantee you. He he's up with Tom Brady players. and buys the race. Oh, that would be interesting. Oh, did you guys know that Tom Brady is the? Because uh, this kind of leads into our discussion that that we had today, um, or that or that we're gonna have on this podcast. But did you know that Tom Brady is is the only current athlete to, or the last current athlete who ever got drafted by the Expos? Yeah. So random. I, did he get drafted out of co- out, out of college? I think he got drafted out of or, high school or whatever it was. But yeah, he's the he's the he's he's the last current player to have been drafted by the Expos. Alternate history, Tom Brady. He's just a average I mean, baseball God. player. He's just average the best ever. Who knows? Um, so yeah, the cheers to a hundred. Hopefully, we'll have you know a hundred more. Hopefully, way more than a hundred more. Uh, I know hopefully the season as, you know, hopefully 2022 is like, we don't know what's happening. And I know we discussed this on the last pod, like nothing's happened. Nothing. It's been a month. You know how hard it is to have a baseball podcast right now? There's nothing. One of of the reasons why we're really having trouble trying to figure out what we want to do for a pod. Cause like, 
there's literally no news to talk about because baseball's been shut down for a month. You want us to talk about Antonio Brown? We'll talk about I, that. I, I oh, we talked about that last time. Oh, you did? Give it. We talked about that last um, I actually was at we that game. We could do an NFL podcast. <laughs> you were at that. You were at that game. I was at that game. I didn't. I didn't see the play because the the incident happened. So I was on this side of the field. The incident happened on the other side of the field, and the Bucks were driving towards me. So I was paying attention to the game that was happening because it literally happened in the middle of the game. Yeah. So I was like, oh, the Brady's driving. The Jets are trying to stop him. I want to see what happens because I was there with my friend who's a Jets fan and didn't see that ab just decided to go a wall all right <laughs> we we don't have to to talk about that, that was no that's fine that no no we're not but, but it, it, <laughs> i will say it was cool to see and i said this on the last pod but like seeing even though he's no longer prime brady or i, I don't even know what he is because he still might be but like seeing him in those last you know do that two minute drill like he Ooh. always does the game like that's incredible. You're seeing legend Tom like, Brady. Is he? I think. I mean, he might still be prime Brady. He won a Super Bowl last year. Like when I, I he could still be. I tell you what, he looks better than he did in 2019. And he's still second in MVP voting, probably too. So yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. Like you know, as someone who doesn't like either team or like doesn't really care much about either team. The only reason like I cared more about the Jets being there because I wanted my friend to be happy leaving the game instead of being sad, of he, which he, he was, was sad, probably, but he's probably still pretty happy. I mean, Zach he was, Wilson looked he, really good. Yeah, I mean, I mean they put up a good fight, but like, you know, just as like a I guess like a neutral football fan in that game, it was cool to see kind of how everything transpired. So, I will say that, but does that anything else on the on the uh on on our 100th episode before we get to our interview? Uh, I love you if you're listening. <laughs> like straight up. Straight up. I don't I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, much love. That's much that's love. kind of parasocial, but Steve Carter's hey. gonna play that one clip on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Steve. Definitely. We love, love you, Steve. Steve. Uh so with that being said, we did have a pretty interesting interview today. It does happen to be so this is kind of like a once a year type thing. It seems like what we do, maybe a once off season type thing where we kind of update the situation of where the Rays are in terms of the future, the stadium talks, uh, anything going on with that. Uh, we had on a couple interesting guests. So stay tuned. Trigger for warning. That. <laughs> stadium I, talks I was, ahead. <laughs> stadium talks in, ahead. Trigger warning. I was still in the audience and I didn't say a word. So there you go. But <laughs> enjoy the interview. Yeah. Please don't ratio us. Do not ratio us. Um, but We're yeah, sorry. Stay- don't shoot the messengers. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think it was a really cool interview uh, coming yeah. up. So, um, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. So this is, I feel like it's become kind of an annual thing um, where at least one episode uh, a year we have to, um, or I mean, not not have to, but it, it's a good time to talk about kind of the, or any updates going on with the stadium situation, future of the Rays in Tampa Bay, all that kind of stuff. So uh, with us today, we have on two special guests who happened to speak to Rays President Brian Ald earlier, um, or actually uh, at the end of, uh, of the 2021 season. Uh, we have Devin Garnett and Spencer Whitaker. Uh, Devin and Spencer, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How y'all doing? Good, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us both on. Um, hopefully we can just keep the, the conversation going. 
Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I wanted to ask was, um, so obviously you guys met with, with Ald uh, at the end of the season. Um, what was that? Uh, I guess, could you guys kind of go through what that conversation was like? Um, because I know that there was some backstory to it. So if you want to add on, like, if you want to kind of talk about, go through the entire process and how you got to actually meeting with him um, to kind of get people up to speed if they don't know what happened. Okay. So uh, for those of you who don't know, don't know, they had an event at Cafe Con Tampa. It was like on a random Friday. It was like a breakfast. You pay 12 bucks. They give you um, breakfast and then, you know, a chance to speak on the mic. Um, so I went there. I was one of the last people to speak. Um, and I basically just I made a Twitter video like maybe a day or two before. And I kind of just had the same exact notes. And I just read from that script. So I, I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing of what I said, but I was just spitting facts of how they needed to like just move the raise to Tampa. Like, I feel like that would solve a lot of things um, at the end. He said, you know, so you didn't have a question. I posted that video on Twitter and then it just absolutely took off. Like everyone was like so disgusted with the way that he talked to me after like looking back, like I really didn't ask him a question, but like, I felt like I still deserved like a response. Yeah. So he was very dismissive, which yeah, was he, unnecessary when you brought up some valid points. Right. So I thought he could like maybe pick one or two points or whatever. So I didn't even, I just thought it was dead from there. Um, fast forward, it is ALDS game one, Spence. Is that right? All right. So we're out there tailgating and all of a sudden we see like a cart come up and it's got like a bunch of beer on it. And we're like, uh, okay, this is cool. Um, they come up and they're like, are you Devin? Um, so early in that day, we tailgate, we like organize a tailgate. So they found our tailgate through Twitter, brought us out, you know, some beers and, uh, assigned Kiermaier ball and they, in the, with a letter from Brian Ald. Um, I still have it somewhere in my room, but it was basically him apologizing for coming off as dismissive. And he told me that he would love to take me up on the offer. So with Spence being there, that's one of my best buds. We went to college together. So I was like, you know, if I get this meeting with him, like you're coming with me because we both share the same pa passion for the uh, for the Rays. We both want the same thing. So it just aligned. And, and I looked at Spence as a really smart person that would be valuable um, to, to keep the conversation going forward. So that's how, that's how it came about. And then how was the actual, what, what was the actual meeting? Like what sort of things did you guys end up talking about? And uh, both, both of you can talk on it since both of you were there. I'll let, I'll let Spence start it off with, with this one. So we, uh, we actually got on a zoom call the night before uh, and spent a lot of time kind of preparing how we wanted to organize our thoughts, because I'm sure like you guys, this is one of those topics where you could go in kind of a barrage of directions. It doesn't, um, and we wanted to make sure that we stayed organized when we went in there because we really saw this as, uh, like you mentioned, extremely unique opportunity where essentially two fans off the streets. Um, so Devin and I spent about an hour and some change going over what we wanted to talk about. Um, when we got there, I had, so just to give you guys a little bit of background prior to my experience in law. Now I worked for the Orlando magic in their corporate office for like three and a half years. So I have some experience um, I tried to tell Dev, you know, we are probably going to get just, you know, they're going to probably just try to wow us, take us around the, the stadium, show us some things and give us a couple minutes to sit down. And that's kind of was the expectation. Whatever cut time they gave us, let's make the most of it. Um, but it was the opposite. They brought us in and sat us right down. And we talked for well over an hour, an hour and a half, kind of started off with some of our points. Um, and it was one of those things where it was such an open dialogue that both of our, both me and Dev were kind of caught off guard with, you know, exactly how, how, how open Brian was being with us. Um, it was, it was, there were a lot of times where he, he made comments like, Hey, this is not to be repeated. Um, and he would tell us something that was off the record, which 
I think now one of those things is okay to admit he had told us during that meeting that they were very close to signing Wander. And so we kind of both left pretty happy, but there were a lot of, of stories shared and things that were mentioned, whether it be from Brian um, or Dev, you could maybe remind me the director of PR, what was her name that was in there with us? Uh, Rafaela. Rafaela. She was extremely open as well and actually ended with uh, kind of a, a two-on-one, just us two talking to her. And I believe some of the initial things that me and Dev talked about were timelines. Like how do we go from, you know, the original announcement to this, to the Ebor stadium, to where we're at now. Um, and at that time, I think a lot of the things he threw at us were basically to let us know like, Hey, listen, this is our opinion. And based on years of research of the only way to keep this team at all, it's essentially this or losing the team um, and not to get into the weeds just yet. Um, but it kind of fell back on to, to corporate support for the most part. It was like, we saw based on that Ebor window, the negotiations that took place during it and before it, we're not going to have the corporate backing that we need. Um, and so Dev and I went into that a little bit beforehand, pulled some of the big names of the corporate entities that are in the area. And to his credit, there were a lot of things that did align. Tampa is not a, a city that has these Fortune 500 companies like, you know, the LA's and the Boston's of the world where they have a lot of these big companies that invest in, in, in a team. You know, some of our notable corporations include like Publix uh, or the Hard Rock and some of some lower tier companies, none that really reached the Fortune 500. And so just to kind of put a bow on it, it was an extremely open dialogue. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. Me and Dev had received some criticism on Twitter after the fact that we were sort of drinking the Kool-Aid. But to be fair, he presented it in such a way where I could tell he was being honest and I could feel the passion that Brian really does love this race team. And, 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 and that's kind of was my major takeaway. Like he, it's, it's not him trying to be greedy for more money. It's him trying to keep our team here. He doesn't want us to lose our team. He made reference to um, when he was growing up, he saw his local team leave. um, And he said he did not want to be a part of that type of thing. So it was, it was very unique and uh, very open. I was really impressed with the way that he approached us just as two fans. Dev, I don't know if you wanted to add on to that. All I'll say is in the beginning of the meeting, he literally said, listen, I don't have to sit here and BS you. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm going to tell you, you know, that's a waste of your time and my time. And from that, like from that moment on, he was super open and honest. And there's some things that we can't say like on the record, but um, that we were told off the record that it makes sense as to why they're doing it. Do I support it? Do I think that full-time baseball can still work here? Yeah, I do. But I understand where they're coming from. And I had a better understanding of the split city, like the split city plan. Uh, But it took us an hour to get there. So how can you, how can you sit there and get every fan on board when it took us a whole hour, you know, to get to that point right there where I'm like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Do I agree a hundred percent? Am I a hundred percent? Like, yeah, let's do it. No, but if they did it, I'd be happy to have none or some rather than none. And, And I think one of the last things I asked him too was Brian, you've got me finally seeing and understanding, like Dev said, I don't like it, but you've got me understanding a little bit more. What would be your 60 second pitch, like elevator pitch to somebody where if someone was asking me why I'm starting to see the other end of this, what would you tell them? And he's like, I can't, he's like, just how it took us an hour and 15 minutes to get here. 60 seconds isn't going to do enough justice to this topic. And it's not going to make anyone see it because um, one of the things that I talked to Dev, and it's a, it's a concept I learned when I was at the Magic, fan is short for fanatic, right? So we all follow this team, and we're all crazy about this team. There's a certain level of 
fanatic that comes into play where you're blinded by your fanhood and who could, who, you know, I, I know initially my thought was take the team. I don't even, I don't even want to think about a half season plan. Um, but leaving it, I was sort of like, okay, I don't want to lose my team. So if this is the only way, all right, but I don't like it. And I still believe there is another alternative, but uh, like I mentioned, there was, there was really no quick way to, to come about understanding, you know, why they thought this was the best idea. So I want to open this up to, um, to everyone else. Um, uh, I guess like all the other co-hosts on the pod, uh, just any questions that, that you guys have um, uh, for Devin Spencer, just feel free to just ask as much as you want. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that they actually took the time to try and make that right with you, Devin, after, you know, they were kind of dismissive and they saw the backlash that that got, because that, that's not okay. And I'm sure Brian would say, like, I'm sure he would say that's not okay looking back, but you know, I wish that the level of transparency they had with you guys, maybe not even that level, because I know they told you some stuff off the record. We don't need that, but the fans do need some more transparency. Whereas it seems like every time that they have one of these like public forums, they are saying things like, oh yeah, one of the reasons we don't sell season tickets is because everyone says they would buy them, but they're in Canada half the year on vacation. I'm like, where... (laughs) You know, where is that correlation? And that's the kind of stuff they're saying out in public instead of like, you know, the lack of corporate support. And, you know, they're not showing us their findings of all this research they did. Like if they presented us that research and we could see, okay, this is where they're actually getting that, then it'd be like, yeah, okay. You know, I understand type thing. But instead of that, it seems like they're just spitting out like all these different excuses that don't always make sense. I, I think it just, I, I totally agree with you. And like, if I didn't have this meeting, I felt, I feel the same exact way as you, mm-hmm. like before entering this meeting, but I feel like just those settings alone, like it's almost like an angry mob, like we're not going to go, you know, like everyone's like yeah. you already going in there, like kind of pissed off, but it's 50 on one. So you can kind of feed off that energy and it's hard yeah. for them to have the dialogue that they had with me and with me and Spence. Like we went in there, just us two hanging out you know so it's it's like i feel like the setting is it's hard to but yeah the, the way that they present it i feel like could be better and that's one of the things we brought up is like what like there's a disconnect between you know front office Stu sternberg and the fans like it's just like they're it's almost it seems from the outside looking in like they're tone deaf and they told us some things um off the record that i'm, I'm not going to repeat but i i get it now i don't think Stu is such a bad guy like he he's not such a bad guy. So I, it, I don't know. I'm going to slip up. You look too at like um, if it, and I've been a fan since birth, I've got, you know, the inaugural season tickets over here. You've got to look at what Stu Sternberger inherited from our previous owner, Vince Namoli. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He inherited just an absolute dumpster fire. I believe he purchased the team for 200 million from him. And now we're valued at the, you know, the, however, billion dollars. Almost market. a billion. I think it's a billion. And that's kind of the that's kind of the one fact that a lot of people will throw around online is, well, you make this much money, you know, why don't you just buy the stadium yourself? And me and Devin brought that up. And, and to be honest with you, he said, well, think about what you're asking. He said, think about if 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 Stu wanted to sell this team, you'd be looking for someone to make that one point whatever billion dollar investment and then another billion dollars in the stadium without with any- a roof. Right. Without it any has to have a roof. And he was he was basically just telling us, like, there's a lot that goes into play that, you know, people look at this as if it's in a bubble. You know, this is real dollars and cents. And you have an owner that is saying he's willing to put down however much percentage at this point 
And so for them to come up and have to scrap the Ebor plan because we don't get, you know, the corporate backing and the rest of the way there is kind of what me and Dev took away. We looked at each other on the way out and said, okay, how do we come out these, these, you know, corporations in the area now and tell them, you know, why don't you see the benefit of throwing a, a raised logo on the side of your building, like the hard rack has in that parking garage over there on I-4 or similar things. Like we talked about how, you know, why don't I see the visibility the way I do for the lightning in the bucks? It's all up to these corporations. They don't have to put it up if they don't want. And if they're not seeing the return on investment, you know, why would they do so? Because these are places that are also looking out for their bottom line. And so as fans, we got to be cautious as to, you can't look at this in a, in a bubble and say, well, you make this much money on the team. Well, you make that much money ahead of all your other expenses. That's the value of the corporation, but that's not how much it goes into operating the corporation. Um, and that's why our payroll has to be so low. But again, and then I kind of come back to my alter ego and I'm like, I still feel like there's another opportunity for this team to thrive in Tampa. And I think we're starting to see those articles get pushed out now where I think one of the most recent ones I read was that the Tampa Bay Sports Authority is putting out a report of what it will look like to have a full season plan here. So I also, you know, to, to that, I would also tell people pump the brakes a little bit. There might still be the possibility of keeping this team full team, full time. And another, I another just thing, wonder, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, if they knew that there was a lack of corporate support, then why was the Ebor City plan even announced to begin with? Like, did they have corporate support that pulled back or, I mean. That's kind of like a, yeah, I was like I'm hearing, I'm hearing like different things. So suppose like a couple reporters are saying that there was corporate support. Some are, the Rays are saying that there wasn't corporate support. It's kind of like this gray area. And I did, we didn't really get an answer on that, but I could tell you where we're at right now. Right now we're at, typically for like a successful baseball team, corporate support buys up probably like 60% of like the season tickets right now. If a corporation bought you a season ticket, like say wherever you guys work, they buy season tickets. They couldn't even give those things away for free. And people would still probably not, not even use them like where it's currently located, you know? So like it's too much to get down there. Like by the time you get out, go let your dog out, go down to like, by then you're like, nah, I'm, I'm not even going to go down there. So that's where I feel personally, this is not coming from him, where I feel personally where there's no corporate support. So we're not even we're not even close to like the 60 percent mark of how successful baseball teams are doing that. I would like to see research where or like or at least corporations coming out and saying like, hey, we, I've not heard one corporation come out and say, hey, we support the Ebor plan. Like we want to keep the race here. Yeah. It's just the city of Tampa. So. Yeah, we're mad at the team, but let's also be mad at these corporations, too, because we're not even close to where we need to be for corporate support. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand being mad at both. Like, I'm, I'm definitely uh, I would definitely be mad at both. I also see your point where you were saying uh, it's better to keep part of the team than get rid of the whole thing. I mean, I think everyone would if they had the option, if the only two options were. Canada split team or they leave completely everyone would pick the split team but I feel like there is a sneaky third option that they're not really uh blabbering too much about because I did see this the the sports authority uh figures on trying to get the full team support as far as the corporations go like um holding them like kind of responsible for like getting that I I feel like the e plan was so half serious that even the MLBPA was like 
Yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, it got shot down like so fast that that plan. I feel like it it wasn't like it it, it wasn't like a well thought out plan. I feel it was like. very last minute. Like they waited till the last. last minute. It was yeah. they waited till like so the last six months. Like I understand why they wouldn't have that much corporate support. I feel like they would. They were expecting like it to happen after, like not like trying to get it before. And right. I don't know that just well, let of, me. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that we did bring up is like to us on the outside. OK, St. Pete gave them a three year window, right? Like you remember that, like back in 2014, they gave them that three year windows, like go find something in Tampa. Everyone's like, woohoo. You heard nothing like we heard nothing for like till the last six months of that three year like plan. And then that's when they put it out. So I told him I voiced it. I was like, it just seemed rush. And he's like he looked at me. He's like, Devin, like. We worked on this, spent millions of dollars on this every single day to get to that point. And so they they were working behind the scenes on it. We just didn't know. And I, I also do want to say this, like, I feel like I'm pretty good at like reading body language and stuff. But like when he said that Ebor, like when the plan went down, he spends, you can back me up on this. Like he looked like hurt. He was like, that was one of the worst Christmases I've had in a long time because I'm like, what's going to go on with this team? Like, am I wrong, Spence? Like, did he, he genuinely like looked hurt? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy that we show up to the building and he's in full Tampa Rowdy's gear that day. This guy, yeah, yeah this guy cares about the team. And he, he, he did say quote, his quote was, I had a terrible Christmas that year because he thought that we were going to lose the team. He thought for sure that at the end of this 2027 lease, we would be losing the team because that deal fell apart. And so this that's and that's kind of what what I was leading into originally is that they really do care about this team. And me and Devin said, well, why is there a disconnect? Um, and he said, well, imagine you get a job and someone tells you, hey, don't be the way you are. Be this completely other way. And so that when he when talking about Stu Sternberg, he said, that's just kind of who Stu is. He hires people to do the job. He doesn't want the attention. He wants to just be the owner. And so telling Stu, hey. Don't be this introvert that you are. You have to be this extrovert. He said, that's just not going to happen with him. And so unfortunate for us, that leads to this disconnect where we feel like we have an owner that doesn't care. I think one of the things I said specifically, Dad, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, was why have I been watching Rays games since 1998 and I've never seen Stu Sternberg on camera? Like, where is he at? Does he even go to these games? And he says, he, one, of, one of his things that he said was, he's asked to not be on camera. He just wants to be there if he is there. And so it's it's a tough thing because it leads to this disconnect and it leads to us feeling like, well, what work went into the Ebor plan? Why does it feel low, so last second when in reality it wasn't last second because there's something going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to? That is really interesting. I want, I was curious about, so it seems like the way that he's, or the way that he framed everything when he was talking with you guys that the only two options were either split city or losing the team. And I don't know if there or if he did talk about the third option of, of, of keeping the team in Tampa full time. And then the other thing was uh, in terms of, I guess, support from Tampa, specifically like uh, the city itself, city council, everyone that, that works within city government, it seems like from what I've seen uh, now, I don't live in the area, so I don't really know it that well, but the, the Yankees have a really strong stranglehold on that area just because of the fact that they have, I understand spring training is only one month a year and I don't really know how many people actually care about the Tarpons, but they exist. But 
like with, with all the charitable stuff that they do, I feel like they have a stranglehold within Tampa. And I don't know if Tampa has necessarily like moved on and like turned, uh, turned a new leaf over to the Rays yet. I don't know if that's something that you guys talked about. I don't think they ever will. You have to think about what, what the Steinbrenners mean to Tampa. The Steinbrenners live here. Like they have a high school named Steinbrenner high school. Like that's never, that's never going (laughs) to exactly, exactly. Like that's never, they're always going to be a part of Tampa. Like Babe Ruth was down, like all the Yankees, like Joe DiMaggio, like there's so many Yankee things down here. We got so many New Yorkers. They're always going to have a stranglehold in Tampa. Um, I just, I think we can coexist, but I, I don't ever see the Yankees presence in Tampa ever leaving um, because what they've done and they've been around way longer than the Rays. So yeah, it would take like a hundred years for us to, to even get close to done at that point. And like Dev said, I mean, I, I think I think immediately to the Derek Jeter house that's over there on the water that now Tom Brady lives in. It's known as the Derek Jeter house. This is a town where, unfortunately, it's extremely transplant and transient, our city. I think if you looked at most people from the area, for me personally, my dad's from New Jersey, my mom's from New York, but my dad gave it up and became a race fan when he moved in the area. And that's kind of the, the battle that I've been fighting since I was a kid is like, hey, you know, you, you moved here to live here for life. Why don't you just give it up and embrace your new town? Um, but that's a losing argument when, like, I tell me not to be a race fan wherever I go next. Like, right now, I live near Daytona. I live over here two and a half hours away. I'm the 1% that drives to Tampa for games. So, And to your other point, Alex, um, in our discussions, there was never one time where he's like, no, Tampa will never work. Right. But what I can tell you is, like, the primary focus was split season or – Nothing. Like, and I kind of like read between the lines. So we never once said that like no full season will never work here. Um, it was just more of, you know, here's the harsh reality is if, you know, we have other, we, we could have other cities throw us money. That's not what they want whatsoever. They don't want it. Like, I want to make this crystal clear. Like they do not want to leave. They're trying so hard and they looked exhausted for like trying their creative ways. And it's like, every time they're trying to take a couple steps forward, it's like, everyone's like an angry mob, like, ah, so mad. But they're exhausted of this. Think about how ridiculous this plan is, right? To give us a team for half the season because they don't want to take it from us. And, and he brought this point up. He said, if student care, he would have already been gone. He said, if student want to keep this team here, he would have been gone by now. And he said, one of the things me and Deb brought up was, well, why doesn't I think we I think we brought it up as simple as to say, well, why doesn't he just sell the team to someone that wants to keep it here? And he said, when we go to these winter meetings, people look at us crazy that we're still trying to make it work in Tampa when they know it can't work is what he said about the people at these winter meetings. And again, I still don't necessarily know how you could rule out a city like Tampa, as opposed to a city like St. Pete, when you look at the population density and the growth over the last couple of years, but that's a pretty big leap for a team to say, okay, we're going to give a whole new billion dollar or $900 million stadium to a city that we may or may not work. And that's the same type of leap of faith a new owner would have to take. And they probably wouldn't, they would take it to a city like, you know, Nashville or what was the other one, North Carolina that they said have been dying for or Vegas, anything, anything, Uh, Portland, Portland's one. There's so many cities that would just be throwing themselves to attract the Rays to go there. And they easily they easily could cut payroll, make us suck, run it into the dump till the lease is done, save all the money they can, and then say peace, you're out. Instead, we have a good product. I'm not. It sounds like we're drinking the Kool Aid, but like I'm really just like, like just 
being honest, like with what, it, and it makes sense to me, you know, they could pick, they could suck and then leave if they really didn't care. If they didn't care. We would be terrible with our payroll, yeah. but they continue to invest in the personnel that makes us a good franchise on the field. Um, and it's probably the only reason we're still in Tampa because we are good every year. And, and that's a luxury that these major cities don't even have, but then you kind of look at, okay, if that is what it is, where do we go from here? And that's where they're at now is where do we go from here? We've been good year after year after year, and you guys still don't come to games. And so to which I said to Stu or to, 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 uh, to Brian Ald, I said, well, how much of, you know, the, the financial failings of this franchise lean on a, a crappy stadium that we have right now. And he said, we know it sucks. He, they're aware that the trop is what it is, but that doesn't mean they just let it rot, right? For however many years in a row, they poured million dollars into the stadium in the offseason and tried to keep it up. Um, and that's one of the points I brought up to him was, you know, when my dad moved to this area in the 80s, he said they had already opened up Tropicana Field as a concert venue in like 89. The team didn't even move in until 98, right? So the plans were made in early 80s. It opens in 89. Team moves in. We're 10 years, 15 years out of date by the time we start playing. It, it was never meant to be a permanent home. It was meant to, to start a franchise and hopefully, you know, blossom into something new. And that's why these people, you know, when I, when I read, you know, comments from people that are from St. Pete dying to keep the team in that area, it's like, well, why? What do you see that's attractive in that area? Yes, it's grown, but it's still a fraction of the population, a fraction of the potential, in my opinion, to a city like Tampa. But we're not, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid. We're just telling you. And, and like I said, it took us an hour and a half to get here because for anyone that's listening to this or, or watching this, same as you guys were like, this is BS. This is not going to work. But to have someone look you in the face that actually cares about your team and tell you that this is it or, or it's the other way, you know, you, you start to kind of see where he's coming from. I do so, like that he was very oh, honest with y'all. Yeah, and exactly. also, Alex, uh, I think dealing with uh, Yankees fans is this eventuality that every team has to deal with. Yeah, just this is true. So, it's just so the Rays have way more direct. Yeah, it's, it's just more of a ratio here. I, I, I remember growing up, too many Yankees fans, you know. Trust me, I have friends that are Yankees fans, and I have to deal as with far them. As, so. as far as – I'm glad he really cares about the team, and I I, I, I take that from your testimony. I, I think he does. But I also think he – there is – I think that they are in the works of that third option, and I just think he, he – maybe he told you off record, or maybe he didn't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, like, there's maybe more to, to, to the whole Tampa thing like like staying which maybe not be true i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest with you don't hold your breath that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> i left the meeting to, to sum it up i left the meeting thinking in my head the only team the way this team stays and i'm, I'm getting to a point where i'm accepting it is half season or none it and only, that's i'm only, being honest like 100 i asked him if if we saw the new stadium because, you know, the only way we do the split city is if we get a brand new stadium. That's part of the package is you guys will get half the team, but you will get a brand new stadium. And I asked him, what if that stadium is resoundingly successful, right? We see that it can house a team full time. Could you see that transitioning back down the line to a full time team? And he didn't say yes, but he said, I mean, why not? Right. If it's going to work, then it works. But like Devin said, don't hold your breath. That's a way down the road thought. And it comes after giving up half the season of your team. 
yeah i don't know i i agree that honestly i think Stu does take more criticism than he probably deserves because yeah he i has feel like done, that's a lot of memes yeah. too like just yeah Twitter like, yeah at this point whatever. it's literally kind of like a meme but like Namuli was terrible and Stu obviously he brought he put the right people in charge now you see the people he hired doing successful things for all sorts of other teams as well so I get that I just wish there was a little bit more transparency and like I don't know the PR is so bad like when they wanted to put the Montreal signs up for the postseason I mean like it was tone deaf. it really was tone deaf and I think it up briefly they apologize for that to our face too that was cool. That's good. I'm glad, actually. Yeah, I feel like when you just don't have that plan cemented and you just kind of like, you kind of just like, you're getting the ball rolling. I mean, they're definitely rolling the ball, you know, but like you don't have it like 100% locked down. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. That that was really tone deaf. Let's also be real with like the state of the Rays. It starts from the top down. Like why is every organization poaching our best front office people our players, when they leave here, trying to make them what they were for us here, that starts from the top down. Like, uh, Stu is the person that hired these people. Yeah. Like, you got Andrew Friedman out in um, L.A. You have Chain Bloom in Boston. Like, you have Eric Neander here. He possibly could go soon. Like, he's doing magical things for us. So, like, if it's so bad, why is every team trying to be us you know like, or like trying to copy our model the opener the, the just the crazy things that we do we are on the cutting edge of it and i left it saying yeah do i think this is kind of weird and dumb yeah but we could look back we all these trades and everything that have happened i'm like oh this is dumb this is dumb and then they come back and oh my god nick uh, nick anderson is like the best closer ever like two years ago you know like just little things like that we could look back at this plan and be like wow this actually does work. We are increasing our payroll. We are doing things and maybe other teams follow suit. One thing that I, one thing that I, that comes from my dad as he's followed this team, he said in his own words, he said the two happiest days of his life are when he, when I was born and my brother was born and when he got the, when we got the raise literally from his mouth. And then the other thing he tells me all the time, and I've, I've passed this down to dev when, you know, dev is on, you know, uh, doomsday watch. I tell him, you got to trust the raise. And these moves that we make, they stink. They hurt. You don't want to see Evan Longoria go. And you don't want to see these type of moves get made. But I always tell Dev, well, you know, I might not see it right now, but trust the Rays. And could this be another trust the Rays situation? The most Maybe. notable was the Chris Archer. Right. I was ready to jump off a ledge. And, I mean, look how that's played out for us. Like, that is trade robbery of, of what we were able time, to do. In all time, in you know, all time history. Like I was ready to jump off a ledge. Like, why would they do that? And he texted me. He's like, trust the Rays, bro. And they did it. That's why. It's, I mean, I think team, right. That's why we all like this team because we're unconventional. It's fun to be a fan of a quirky team like this, where every year you get your projections to start the year and the Rays are projected again, 78 wins. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, here we are again with hundred. Here we are again with 92. And, and that's why I love rooting for this team. And that's why I quickly got off that horse where I was saying, take my team away. And there'll be people that watch this again that say, I'm still on that side. Take the team. I don't want to share a team. Be honest with yourself. Are you going to more than 80 games? Are you the, the, the 0.01% guy that's at, a, you know, every single home game? You're probably not, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm in a small group that drives two and a half hours to come, but that's because I'm a nut. You know, I'm, I really am a freak over this team. I don't miss a single game. And 
that's where I've come to realize trust the Rays because we get it out of the mud every single year. And if this if this split city thing went off and it worked, I truly do believe that you would see other teams in other sports consider something like this. There are failing smaller markets and other teams that are looking for another way to keep their team in their city. And it's not failing because of fan support, right? We have the fans. It's failing for other reasons, corporate support, poor stadium location, and, 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 you, and you name it. But, you know, I don't want to lose the team. And so if I sound like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, it's because I love the Rays and I don't want to lose the race. So I agree with you guys on that. I will say, I think, you know, their success, their historical success with baseball operations is very different than their success or lack thereof with business operations, you know, but um, yeah, I, I honestly am also in the minority that actually think the split city could work. Um, I don't want it to happen just like you guys, but I do see the potential merits of it. I hope it doesn't happen. But like you said, I'd rather have them here sometimes than, you know, lose them at all. But hope you're right. But think about it. We could get a higher payroll. You would. We're getting double double the, the corporate support. So we're able to compete. I'm not going to say we're going to be on the Yankees level. We're not going to be there, but you get that. You get a brand new stadium, right? New stadium. <laughs> that's, that's so big for me because the trap is cool for fans like the six of us, but how many of your friends are not race fans and they go and they say that stadium is a dump. It's fun for me. It brings back childhood memories, but without that nostalgia and you just show up to a race game, you know, that stadium is not a baseball experience, but go ahead. Dev. And we, and we, we grilled him on it. We're like, okay, then I'm over there thinking I'm real smart. Okay. Well, how are you going to do the moves? It's, it's really simple. And it makes so much sense. Every, <coughs> excuse me, every team does it. So like what they're doing, they're just delaying the move. So spring training's here. They have the first half of the season here. And then there's one big move to Canada during the summer where the kids are out of school. So yeah, the kids will be split. Like I I was asking about the kids and like the players and stuff like that. Yeah. That will be split um, like school-wise, but it's one big move, just like every other family does for spring training. Every team is that's not in Florida or Arizona goes down there for a month. We're just delaying it a month and a half and doing one big move, just like the rest of everyone. He also did say that it's like when when the team made that move in the middle of the season, there's a there's he he I, and I don't remember the exact way he broke it down. Deb, tell me if this rings a bell. He said that you know there's a good chance they'd be coming back here for a series, and then before we made the big move, yeah. they'd be there for a series. Yeah, like if we're playing Toronto up home, there's no sense in and it's supposed to be our time here. There's no sense in flying all the way down here to play Toronto when they could just go to Toronto, you know? So like they would have a series there to keep them engaged in the, the first of the season. And then they would have a series or two in the later seasons, maybe pennant chases when we're playing like a more Southern team um, down here. But he did say, which I did love uh, the first postseason would be in Tampa. So that'd be cool. Yeah, and, he, and then he did mention the postseason, which contrary to what people have put out there and believe we wouldn't just be kissing our team goodbye and never get to see a postseason game here. That wouldn't be the case. They would switch every, every time. So I hope we don't have a drought. So the one thing I wanted to, um, I guess another thing I wanted to ask was, uh, how did they, I guess, voice it to you guys about um, getting people and get, like, if if the if the split city thing were to happen, uh, how to get or how to keep fans engaged? Because on both sides of it, you know, not just in the Tampa Bay area, but also in the Montreal area, you're only going to be getting a team for half the season. So, and, and you know, at a certain point that they're just going to leave for that other half. 
and you're not going to be able to watch them. So did he say anything in terms of like how they were going to try to keep fans engaged and try to get people to go to games? Because I mean, like with that in mind, you knowing that that's only going to happen, like are people going to buy into that and go to games and the attendance is going to be high or are they just not going to care as much and then attendance is going to dip as a result? Yeah. One cool thing he said is they were, they're looking into one, like more direct flights, like talking with the Tampa airport, like more direct flights to Montreal. But he was also talking about like travel packages. So like you, we, they would charter a plane, a bunch of fans would get on the plane and then it'd be like a travel package and you go see a series in Montreal. So like there's cool things like that, which is like kind of going the extra mile to, I guess, keep us engaged. Is that ideal? No. Is a lot of people going to be able to do that? Maybe not, but I mean, that's a creative way to try to keep people engaged. I think it's, that was also the reason to choose Montreal besides the fact that they're a pre-approved area that's already had a team and they wouldn't have to go through all those expansion costs. He said, they're also in the same time zone. So that's how you'd be able to watch your team at the same time every night. You wouldn't go from getting used to seven seven o'clock, you know, first pitch to now we've got to stay up until a 10 o'clock first pitch because it seems like a really random city to, to someone who doesn't realize, oh, wait, they are on the Eastern time zone with us. And they are a pre-approved area where whoever had the team wouldn't have to suffer the, what is it, an expansion cost, Dev? It's like a billion. Yeah, a billion. billion dollars. So Montreal will never, never get that. Like this is everyone in Montreal that's complaining. They will never get an expansion team unless they have a dude that comes in there with straight cash and drops a billion on expansion fees and a billion on a stadium with a roof. And that's another thing is the roof. You cut the roof off for both cities. Your, your costs are way down and you can play baseball year round. The only way that I see full-time baseball working in Tampa is if they have a roof and none of these renderings have roofs. So everyone can keep saying, Oh my gosh, the Tampa Bay Sports Authority, unless they're giving them options of like I'm working with the architects, like with a roof and talking about how we can pay for a more expensive stadium with a roof. It's never going to happen here in Tampa. We know you can sit. I've argued with people who are like, oh, there won't be that many rainouts. Are you kidding me? Like there's so many rainouts in Florida. Like we live in Florida. Like don't sit here and act like afternoon showers aren't a real thing every single day. Like it would get rained out. Like crazy. So yeah, you have you to watch, have a roof. Did, did they watch the uh, Toronto Blue Jay season? I mean, right. I, I tried to go to two games and they both got rained out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was horrible. I mean, the, you do need a roof. I will. I will admit that <laughs> it is He's absolutely sit in, sit in the same spot for three hours and watch a baseball game in 99 degrees because it gets that hot in Florida. Yeah. I don't understand that. If it's not getting rained out, then you better wear you know, something to soak up SPF 50 because you're going to be, <laughs> and there's two harsh realities where it's like, this is something that is going to keep us from having a team full time, unless we have some creative plan where, whether it be a creative stadium idea, like we saw the, uh, what the Al, the Al Lopez or, you know, Al Lang or whatever uh, sale idea that they had released when we were kids and then the clear dome that they released with this Ebor one, it's going to have to be something creative. And because it has to be a dome, it has to be that much more expensive. So I only have one more question. I don't know if anyone else has anything. I got um, something else after you. But uh, what, like, where do we go from here? So you guys have the meeting. They, they told you, or I mean, Brian told you kind of what right now is kind of the outline for what's to come. But w- like where, like, where do we go from here? Where, where do things progress? Um, I, 
it's going to progress pretty quickly. We're going to figure something out. I believe by the end of it, latest 2022, they got to start the lease is up in 2027. It's going to take three to four years to build a stadium here, pass legislation up there as well. So they have to have plans, sites, everything done. I think it's going to escalate here pretty quick in 2022. They have to, they're going to be homeless in 2027. Um, if, if nothing is released by, I would say middle of like 2023, I would pretty much kiss this team goodbye because that means another city is going to take them from us. There's just not enough. Like this is, this is the fourth quarter, um, of, of this stadium saga. Like we have made it this far and this has been going on since I was in eighth grade and actually even probably younger. And now I'm 27. So like we are at the final stage of it. So I think you ask, where do we go from here? Uh, sit back, wait. There, I, there's nothing we can really do besides continue to show our support, continue to go to games, uh, yeah. keep calling out these corporations saying, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Like, if we if we can do that as like a, as a people, maybe some things can change and maybe the fourth quarter and we could Tom Brady it and, you know, make a dramatic comeback. But um, for me, I think, you know, just continue to keep doing what you're doing, support. Um, and if we make the playoffs again, like, please, for the love of God, like, can we sell out the stadium? Like, that's that's inexcusable, like to make it to the playoffs against Boston and not sell out the entire stadium. Like, that's a joke. To be fair, to be fair, that was one point I brought up, brought up to him that I didn't like that the Rays did. And we mentioned it earlier, kind of failings with regards to the business, how they operate the business. It felt like as someone who was going to that first game. Okay, we're releasing this number of tickets. So then they start to sell that number of tickets. Okay, now we're adding this. It felt like they kept moving the goalpost back on us, where it was like, well, we're never going to reach it because you keep opening up more seats, you keep opening up more stuff. So I think, like Dev said, the one the one thing we could do as just fans off the streets, support the team. You've got to go to games and you've got to be active when it comes to the teams. And if you want to take it the next step further the furthest thing you could do is get on these local corporations, do your research, see who the biggest ones are, try to get in touch, do whatever you got to do to try to get these corporations to see that, Hey, I'm a fan. And there are millions other like me in the area. And we want this team here so that they could find that there'll be a return on their investment because that's what it is right now. The businesses don't feel like if they put money in this team, they're going to get their money's worth. And to their credit, if you're paying for signage in Tropicana field, you're getting 10,000 eyes on it at night and that's it. At moment. And that we brought up the uh you guys remember the Rays summer concert series? I don't know if you guys like remember that. You remember that? Like they brought like MC Hammer. Like I still remember meeting MC Hammer. I asked him, I was like, all those promotions, like, what do you why don't you guys do that anymore? And it comes back to the same thing we've been preaching about this entire time. Corporations support that. Like they they're the ones that sponsor that. They weren't seeing the return on investment to do that. The t-shirt nights, they would put their logo on it. They weren't they weren't seeing the return on their investment. At the end of the day, this is a business. Like we can be fans all we want, but this is a business. So they, they got to make their, their money. Um, I believe they're making a good amount of money, but there's not enough, I guess, in their minds evidence that it would work full time without the support of another city. Yeah. Listen, I understand like why the, why the Rays want to do this. I mean, the Rays are a busy business too. That's not, you know, get into greedy corporation talk, you know, I mean, they're all kind of just, big old businesses billions of dollars i mean it just makes sense you want two you want two shiny new jewel stadiums instead of just one and like you can use this power you have right now being stuck in this city for for at least a few more years to like negotiate with other teams and then i i, I just think 
I, of course, of course, they're going to try to do it, and they 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 might succeed, they might not. I mean, you said it's the fourth quarter. I think this is. I think it's still a really long fourth quarter. You know, like there's like you said, there's all the legislation to be passed with Montreal if they want to do it. There's all those things to do here in Tampa and pass. I just think there's like so much ways this thing can like evolve, and I I just think um you know they have they have interest definitely and you know and they're gonna they're gonna try try their best to, to like make it done and i mean i wouldn't blame them if they did it right i'm not i'm not disagreeing you with with like one bit but one thing he did say uh it reminded me when you said that is they're not trying to he said he's not trying to use this as like a leverage like tool like if they really wanted to leverage they would run payroll down to the, like nothing and like i said earlier they would they would move the team so i get where you're coming from but I'm not ready to go there to say, yeah, they're trying to maximize their profits. That's what any business does, any successful yeah, business. Yeah, but I don't think that they're using this as a leverage pool because if they were trying to do that, they would be doing exactly what Oakland is doing right now. And that's, hey, we got Vegas over here. They already picked out a site and everything right after they picked their Oakland site. So like they're leveraging two cities against each other, but the Rays aren't doing that. They're saying, hey, we want to be in Tampa. Right. And you'll notice there hasn't been uh, a local city where in the states that says, you know, we're really interested in the race. We had a, a small push from some people in Portland, but that's because we're not open to those conversations. Brian Ald and the team haven't really been open to those conversations. So you're not seeing these other pushes like we are in Vegas and in Oakland. They want to keep the team here and to not open their team up to a bidding war like they're seeing with Oakland and Vegas they're presenting this split city plan. And I, and I, and I don't like it because I want to keep my team, but would I like a higher payroll very much. So, you know, as a fan, you could start signing these bigger names that we kick around every year. But if we were selling out, why would we go grab a guy like Nelson Cruz last year and try to make a run with him? They keep trying to put a winning team on the field. And I don't necessarily see the leverage tool as much as we want to keep the team here. So they're just doing what they can to try to keep them in this area. And so we look at, you know, the 2018 interview or the 2010 interview that are on Twitter right now being kicked around. Yes. At those times he thought the team could last here full time, but things have changed in the last couple of years and things changed since they announced those plans when they got no reaction from corporations. All right. Well, uh, anyone else, anyone else have any questions or comments or anything like that? All right. Well, Devin and Spencer, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, we really, really appreciate um, just, you know, having this discourse, having this conversation. Um, I know a lot of people have uh, like with the lockout going on, there's really not much to talk about uh, baseball wise. So I know that this has definitely become something that's, um, you know, been in a lot more race fans minds recently, but uh, thank you guys so much. If you guys, um, if like, if there's any places that, that um, I'm trying to think like uh, social, social media or anything like that, that you guys want to plug um, uh, before you guys leave, feel free. Uh, you just follow me on Twitter at Devin Garnett. Um, I host a lightning podcast as well called Loose Pucks. Check that out on YouTube under the Loose Cannons. Page. Also follow him on Twitter. He's got a funny, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? A funny thread with uh, Rick Stroud. Oh yeah, that's that happened today. That was <laughs> yeah. If you if you know, you know. That's all I'm gonna say. It's it's the wild <laughs> wild west out there on Twitter. So just keep your hard hats on and uh, be safe out there. Yeah, watch your emojis. Yeah, watch your watch your clown emojis as well.
So, so don't don't call a boomer uh, a clown with the clown emoji. All of all of. Uh, Spencer, any any yeah, any place that you want to plug? At Spencewit underscore seventeen. Hey. No podcast for me. <laughs> we'll right, get, well, you, we'll get yeah. you on loose box. Well, uh, thank you guys again so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on this latest episode of Razor Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Razor Roof. Thanks so much to Devin and Spencer for coming on and talking to us about um, what they talked about with, with President uh, Ray's President Brian Ault and all of that stuff. Uh, make sure to go follow them on social media uh, and all that good jazz. That uh, Unless there's any other news that I didn't talk about previously, that pretty much wraps is there any other news that i didn't talk about well, no well i think on that note that pretty much wraps everything up on this latest episode of raised roof our 100th episode thank you guys so much again for the support for these last 100 episodes hopefully we'll have many many more from here if you guys don't follow what we're doing here at raise the roof raise the roof tv on social media raise the roof tv.com uh raise the roof on youtube raise the roof twitch uh and then our podcast network continue to um support uh, us as you guys have been and if you guys have any comments questions concerns or if you guys want to sponsor us in the future any future partnership opportunities uh raise the roof tv at juma.com make sure to email us there with all that being said thanks so much for listening and for the hundredth time raise up raise up baby raise up